0: Okay, welcome back to part two of what you say in the official Living Rock Youth podcast, featuring Michael Shooter. And um, in this episode, we're going to hear how Mike got on in the quiz in the test to be the best. Yeah. And you're also going to share on discipleship, accountability, and staying the course. Those are the things that you you mentioned. Yeah. Um, do you want to just kick us off and tell us where where this has come from and why? why you wanted to talk about this
1: yeah i think um for me just recently one of the um one of the things that's been striking me from the word is how um it paul really pushes people and he encourages people to like to last to the end you know when he's talking to timothy um he's talking about fight the good fight of faith make it to the end he talks about his own race and he's Saying I've ran the race, I've finished the course, and mm. um, and for me, sometimes we can get into a you know an idea that praying the prayer is the beginning and an end of. getting saved and maybe for us because you know we we don't just talk about salvation we talk about you know the baptism in the spirit as the end of the um Mm. as the the end of the christian experience but actually it's just the beginning Mm. and um and actually for us i want us to be a people who stay the course who who last our entire lives and i think in a society where you know we've got memberships to things with only month You know, a month's notice to give, and Mm. we chop and change between gyms or phone contracts or you know even jobs now. You know, whereas our parents and our grandparents they'd have they'd have known jobs for life. Yeah, Um, that's not an experience that our generation is having, and certainly not the experience that the youth will have. Mm. Um, And so, to to say that I'm going to commit to something for my entire life. Mm. is a huge is a huge thing because mm. it's not common in our society anymore no and so for me that's what i wanted to share and think about together and chat about is staying the course and then discipleship and accountability for me there are the two things um, not the only two things but two of the really important things that will help us to do that mm. um, and, and and make sure that we endure to the end mm. so
0: nice i've never really th- not thought about that you know the the, the whole idea of um there are very few things that you would com- make a commitment to where when at the point of committing, it's like, this is for life. You know, well marriage, I suppose would be one, but yeah, yeah. even still, you know, sadly that a lot of the time that's not a, a lifetime commitment. So it's a big thing. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, So the, let's, let's break down into the first one. Okay. The first bit that you mentioned, so discipleship. Yeah. Can you tell, Explains me what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in um in Matthew 4 um, from verse 18, and it says, "While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, they saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them immediately. They left their boat. Uh, they left the boat, their father and followed him. Mm. And so this is, this is titled here as Jesus calling the first disciples. And so we have to look at, well, what did they do to become his disciples? And they simply put down what had defined them up to this point, And they decided to follow Jesus. Mm. And, um, and you know, there's a promise that if you follow him, um, that he will make you a fisher of men. And um, what I love about that is these these guys are fishermen, so that's their trade. And and Jesus doesn't come and say, if you um, if you leave your fishing, I'll make you hunters of men. Mm. He doesn't like change their profession. He calls them fishermen still. I love the idea that Jesus transforms what we've been through and what we've been used for in the world and he says if you follow me i'm going to make that useful Mm. i'm going to make it useful for eternity not just for um not just for being a fisher but actually Mm. i'm going to make you fishers and men instead of fishers and fish Mm. um i think that's really cool so for me discipleship is to make a decision to follow jesus and to keep following him Mm. um and then when we talk about then discipleship in the context of person to person because obviously we become disciples of Jesus when we follow him. Mm. But then you read um, in, um, in the epistles, Paul um, talks about in um, Corinthians, um, follow me as I follow Christ, Mm. imitate me as I imitate Christ. And there's this principle where we can become somebody's disciple by looking at somebody who we see, do you know what? There's things in them that are like Christ. And I want those things. I want to be like that person because what I've seen in it's not I want to be like that person. It's I want to be, I want to have that experience of Christ that they have. I want to, I want to become like them because mm. they've become like Christ. Mm. And uh, I think that's what it means to be somebody else's disciple as well. Where you're willing to follow their example, you're willing to follow how they're following Jesus. Mm. It doesn't mean you would become exactly like them. It doesn't mean that you, um, you know, that you forget everything you are. Um, and all the passions you have just to be exactly like them. But it doesn't mean you learn from the experiences that they've had. Mm. Um, so. So, so discipleship is, uh, f-
0: is, it, is it the case of spending time with that person then and arranging to, to meet yeah, them, so and, to really them? Yeah, so to get really
1: practical, discipleship is is to spend time with them. It's to, it's to follow them and follow their example. It's to be challenged by them. It's to, you know, we'll come on to maybe accountability later, but it's to be accountable to them, to, Mm. to, for them to allow them to have an expectation of you. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus expected his disciples to, um, to transform the world as he gave them the ability to, he expected them to cast out demons. He expected them to heal people. He expected them to preach the word. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So what, what
0: happens when, let's say somebody was discipling me. Yeah. Um, what well, actually? How does it benefit me? Is it is it a case of they they teach me, or is it a case of they just having somebody to chat to? Like, what are the main benefits of it? If that makes if that makes sense, and how what how what does it actually do?
1: Yeah. So, I can only really give experiences yeah. from my own life to a certain extent. But <clears throat> you, if you think about the experience you have as a Christian, you. You go to church on a Sunday, you come to youth on a Friday, you know, if you're a bit older you go to a life group and all these settings are pretty big, you mm. know, so you go to church and there's a few hundred people around, um, you come to youth and there's a couple of dozen people around and discipleship for me is that it allows that one-to-one development where you get to ask the questions of somebody that maybe you don't get the opportunity to ask in that situation you get the opportunity to talk about things that You know, you don't want to talk about in front of a a Mm. big group of people, and and you know, you can be honest with people, you can be vulnerable with people, you can say, you know, I'm really, you know, I can, I'm struggling with this, I find this difficult, I find this hard, or, or, I, you know, I want to be, I I want to be really great at this, and Mm. sometimes we can find it as difficult to talk about the things that we think we're good at and that we want to get even better at, Mm. as we do to to talk about the things that we find difficult. Mm. Um, So. I think discipleship allows that one-to-one development of your, your character, your personhood. It allows the person who's discipling you as well to be really honest with you in a setting mm. that's not going to embarrass you. It's um, it's not going to uh, make you feel, um, you know, yeah, it might hurt sometimes when you hear it, but it's there's not going to be a load of people around that mm. are going to remember what was said and um, or remember the time you had that meltdown because you're just finding everything really difficult. Mm. So...
0: So do you do you have any examples?
1: Yeah. Um, so I I probably the f- my first experience of uh, this sounds really cliche, but like intentional discipleship. Mm-hmm. So somebody who I went to and I said, "Will you disciple me? Will you look kind of keep an eye on my life? I want to be open and honest with you. I want you to um, help me to become the person that God wants me to be." Mm-hmm. It was with a guy called Caleb Groneweg, mm-hmm. who. Um, who uh, is now in Canada? He's working with uh, Steve Wilkins over at the ch- in the churches there, and he's an amazing guy. He's mm. like I-, I know at one stage we had him Skype in to, yeah. <laughs> to talk to the youth. Um, he's a man of great vision. He's he works really hard. He's a he's just a he he's funny. He's likable. He's just a great guy. Mm. And um, and I looked at his relationship with Jesus. I looked at his passion for the things of God. And I was like, I want to be like that. Mm. So I just said to him, you know, look, I'm willing to be open with you, to to open myself up to you and to say, here's my life and will you speak into it? And and he said, yeah. Mm. So that meant that I would meet up with him. Uh, he would uh, tell me, you know, what he what he thought about certain things in my life. I would talk to him about my challenges, mm. my difficulties. I would talk to him about my successes. And he would, you know, make sure I didn't get too big of a head when I when mm. I had those successes. But also, you know, he made sure that I didn't beat myself up too badly when I when I got things wrong. Mm. You know, reminding me I'm not the only person that makes mistakes. Mm. And he um he helped, I guess, keep me steady. And I think when you're following Jesus, that's one of the most important things is to stay steady not mm. to have lots of high not to have like real real massive highs and lows all the time and constantly going up and down and up and down but actually to walk a consistent walk mm. where we get things right and we praise God and we give the glory and we make mistakes but we come back from them and we keep going mm. um, and that was for me what that that first experience of having that intentional mm. example of that
0: yeah yeah it's good I think I've I could confidently say that I've I've got people in my life who have have you know intentionally discipled me when you put it like that and mike being one of them (laughs) but there are are two really key people for me who've helped me and one is mike and the other is um tim eagle who a lot of you will know he is a legend and i'm I'm really blessed i get to spend a lot of time with both of these guys but they for me when i was in the youth age because although we're joint youth leaders now mike was my youth leader and um Mike just helped me and Mike and Tim both helped me. We would meet up and we would just chat about things like you know, decisions about universities or just how school was going or particular friendships that I was in and things like that. And 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 actually looking back, it was so crucial those times for me um, and you helped me. Both Mike and Tim helped me make a lot of decisions and, and helped bring clarity to decisions for me when I was a lot of the time caught up in the moment a bit. And it's, it's so helpful to have somebody Who's outside of the emotion of it all to to come and, and bring the word to and and actually just talk honestly about those decisions. So it's incredibly helpful. It is really valuable. Helpful.
1: I can't I can't over overstate the importance of it really. And you know I, another one of the people I was going to talk about was a guy called Kev Cowley, mm-hmm. who uh, who's gone to be with the Lord now. But he was probably he he if I remember rightly, and my memory isn't great from when I was a lot younger, but. Um, he's the first person I can remember bringing me the word of the Lord, like in a personal way, not that I heard from the front, but he was the, one of the first people Paul, to bring me the word of God. And he, um, he just took such an interest in me and I didn't, I didn't ask him to do that. I didn't, um, you know, I was a young Christian. I had no idea what discipleship even meant, but he was discipling me. He was just looking at my life. He was caring for me. He was, um, you know, he, he, he inspired me to go on for God and to believe that I could do significant things and impact the world. Mm. Um, and you know, he did all those really important things and then he gave me, you know, and then at the same time he was really real with me. He Mm. taught me what good coffee was and he gave me a love for uh, that sweet brown nectar. And he, um, and he was just fun to be around and he showed me what it, you know, I looked at how he was a dad and I looked at how he was a family man and thought, man he's a great guy Mm. and uh and i just learned from just watching his life and i never asked him to do anything and having people like that in your life are just as important Mm. but i can't over overstate the importance of of asking someone and being like Mm. will you disciple me and and look you have and being really open with people to say you have the right to speak into my life if you see something that doesn't line up with christ i want you to tell me Mm. i want you to um you know give me your honest opinion if if you think i'm being you know, making a, a, a silly decision about university or making a um, uh, or being too hasty in thinking of getting into a relationship or whatever mm. it is, but to have those people that you've been intentional with is, mm. is really important.
0: Does a um, does it does a disciple, does somebody discipling me, do they need to be older than me?
1: Not necessarily, because again, um, I think of the other people that have discipled me, um, Lauren. When I first became, you know, when we first started like uh, dating and stuff, she taught me loads about God because she'd grown up in a Christian home, Mm. and she knew so much more about Jesus than I did. Mm. And she taught me so much about that. I think of Benj and Will, who are younger than me, and they've both over the years um, taught me so much about the Lord. Mm. Um, But what I would say is that they're they're kind of to me. I would think of you know particularly like Benj and Will as brothers in Christ and. Um, for me there's always been something different about having somebody who's older than you, Uh, it doesn't mean that those people can't be encouraging, it doesn't mean that those people won't be lifelong people that you walk with and learn from and as they grow you grow and as you grow they grow but having somebody who's older than you in the faith, somebody who's walked a long time with Christ for me has been really really critical Mm. Um, and so I would at least say they should be I would expect that they will be older in the faith Mm. So they may not be physically older. you know, there are there are people that I disciple who are older than me, mm. age wise. But I've been walking with Christ a lot longer than yeah. they have, um, because discipleship isn't a physical thing; it's a spiritual mm. thing. Mm. But then equally, um, there's certain people who can't disciple me and how to lead a family yeah. or lead my wife if they're younger than me and they're not mm. married or they don't have their own children and mm. things like that. So yeah. sometimes there are some practical things to look at.
0: Yeah, i one of those for me was the fact that um particularly when I was looking at decisions about universities and you know what to do for a job mm. it's quite difficult to speak to somebody about that who's you know 3 years younger than me and hasn't got to that stage in their mm. life yet so it was helpful for me to speak to somebody who's who's older than me because they'd been through those absolutely same things.
1: And like you said it's really important to have a variety of people. You know, I couldn't I couldn't advise you on what it was like to to make a decision to go to university because I wasn't in university. Mm. Um, and Tim was able to make those, those that, that piece yeah. of advice and say, if you go to uni, this is what it's going to be like. I mm. can tell you what it's like to not go to uni, but we, we can't be precious and, and be like, this is the only person yeah. who speaks into my life and this is the only one who's got the experience I need because yeah. if we want to be become just like Christ, then we need to allow his body mm. to speak to us not just one or two people. Yeah, definitely. So how does the...
0: The second part, accountability. What's yeah. the link, or a? What is that? Yeah, and um,
1: and how does that link with what we've just been talking about? Yeah, so I would say accountability is like um, it's like a crucial part of discipleship. It, it should really happen as part of discipleship, and accountability simply is just you giving a ca- giving an account for the way you're living your life to someone. Um, so, in again with some practical examples. Um, for for probably about a year, um, I, well, for my whole Christian life, I've wanted to get up early and read the scriptures, okay, mm. and spend time with the Lord. And for me, that's that's a discipline that I've had to constantly um, apply to my life. So if I let myself, uh, I've never been able to form a habit where it just happens, like I don't have to try anymore. I, I'm not that kind of a person. I don't get up particularly late, but if I mm. want to spend a good hour in the morning with with God before I get up I need to be getting up at like half five six o'clock to Mm. be able to guarantee that time and so for at least a year probably me and Caleb um, he wanted to do the same thing so he said well why don't we text each other in Mm. the morning so like six o'clock every morning we text each other and just say hey I'm up Mm. and sometimes it'd be five ten minutes before the other one would get back to us (laughs) um, because they just needed to wake up but there'd be that text that would come in and say yep I'm awake and then straight away, we both know we're up. We're doing mm. this together, and and to be honest, I don't know whether Caleb needed that or not. I don't know whether he needed for me to be texting him to make sure he was up, mm. um, because he was more disciplined than I was. Um, but he involved me in that and allowed me to be accountable to him, mm. so that he um, it kind of for me accountability is like putting a face on God. I know, I know that God is always watching me. I know that He's with me. I know that he wants me to do certain things, but sometimes it's quite hard to put a face on that mm. if you if you don't do those things or if you do do certain things. And to me, the idea of telling someone, you know, yeah, I want to get up each morning and spend time with God, but I haven't. Mm. And I've spent the whole week and I haven't even picked up my Bible. Mm. To tell someone that and to see the look in their face, um, to go to see that kind of... Um, it's not it's not disappointment and it's not shame. You know, Caleb never made me feel guilty when I got things wrong. But he did, he did kind of push me and go, you're better than that. Mm. You're better than that. Mm. And I think that's how God responds to us sometimes when we're, you know, we're not necessarily sinning, but we're just not, um, we're not doing all those things that would benefit us. We're not doing all those things that allow us to live in the fullness of a relationship with him. Mm. He's, he's looking at us like, Oh, there's better for you mm. than this. There's better for you than sleep. You could be with me yeah. in that presence, you know, at that time in the morning, um, or you know, there's better for you than just playing video games for mm. five hours when you get home. You could you could be with me. You could spend time with me. And so for me, that accountability, like put a face on God, mm. um, to say this is this is how God feels about this situation that mm. I'm trying to this habit that I'm trying to put into my life or this. Mm um behavior that i'm trying to change mm.
0: so and it, so i guess is it a bit like having having somebody who's going to hold you to what you've said you're going to do as well is absolutely yeah. yeah definitely you know and you, you, you tell somebody you're going to do something they say "Oh, i'll hold you to that and it's yeah. that that case of i'm gonna you've told me you're going to do this now i'm going to make sure you yeah do it. definitely Funnily enough me and um alex russell and i did that same thing actually yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's where you got it from but we both we both agreed. Again, Alex is a, a, a great person who's invested a lot into me, and mm. we both agreed we wanted to read the Bible more. Yeah. But looking back now, it wasn't true at all. But I was saying, "Oh, I'm so busy. I don't have the time." Yeah, like, yeah. and you know, people are busy. So we both said, "Okay, well, early morning is the only time that we can do it." Yeah. So we we, we put our timetables together, and you know, and just said, "What time do we leave for work? And what time do we mm. get up? And how long do we want to read the Bible?" For and we worked out. 6.15, I think it was, was yeah, the best yeah. time for us both to be up in order to have at least half an hour to read the Bible. So we did the same thing. We just yeah, text yeah. each other. And it was it was helpful because even if I didn't want to read the Bible or yeah. I wanted the extra sleep, I knew that I, not only would I be letting God down, but I'd be letting Alex down as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. every morning we text each other and say, I'm up. And I don't still do that now. I don't. We don't mm. text each other now. Mm. And I don't always read my Bible first thing in the morning. But what it did do is it taught me that sometimes if you want to this is specifically looking at this example of reading the bible um you just have to make sacrifices sometimes if you want to fit Absolutely. it in and, and it was but it was crucial for me to have somebody to hold me to what i said i was going to do definitely in order for me to build that habit
1: yeah i mean i've done that same thing with alex as well you know <laughs> that like caleb taught me that idea and then i put that into practice with alex and now he put it into practice with you and i think this is the advantage of like when coming back to what we we're saying earlier about discipleship with somebody older than you is that they've got you know they haven't got to reinvent the wheel yeah you know they've got things that they know have helped people over the years they know things that they've used for themselves to i guarantee that i wasn't the first person that caleb was like keeping accountable like that because he he'd done it before and mm. i think that's the advantage of being some you know having somebody who's older in the faith than you to disciple you is then you're not trying to figure out a whole load of new mm. ways of dealing with situations mm. but actually they've, they've dealt with this before and they're like i know how to handle this i know mm. how i can help you here
0: so. yeah so do you have any other examples of um people that have um you've had these discipling relationships with and and where you've held each other accountable is there any other people that you could yeah share?
1: absolutely and and in lots of different ways as well you know david um lion uh, is is probably he's been the most consistent and the um and the biggest probably impact in my whole life Mm. um you know caleb uh the thing about caleb was as as i got older we became you know we became like caleb is you know one of my best friends Mm. and um we have that relationship now and that that discipleship relationship has kind of changed and it's not that he doesn't encourage me still it's not that i don't encourage him but it's probably i'm more of an encouragement to him now than i was at one stage Mm. and i've got more to bring to him as well and that that relationship has become that kind of more mutual building each other up and yeah um and it's not to say that i don't encourage david at all but he has been like a consistent point in my life where he has um he's continued to grow in the things of god himself and then as i've grown um and he was i guess so much further ahead in his walk with god that um and he's he's like a father to me in a lot of ways and Mm. particularly when it comes to my faith and so uh he speaks into my life i've you know i've told him my you know my greatest aspirations and what i felt to be my greatest failures and i've just always been really honest with him and he has that kind of fatherly voice into my life where mm. he can go, you know, Mike, that was stupid. <laughs> um, but he can also pat me on the back and go, you did a great job there. Mm. And um, and I do think there is something really significant for those of you who um, maybe don't have <laughs> Christian parents. You know, get along, get Get someone alongside you who's that age, you yeah. know, who who looks at you like a father or a mother would mm. in your faith, and who who can speak into your life and go, that was kind of stupid, mm. but actually that was amazing. Yeah, um, uh, you know, other people. I remember when I was. Uh, just kind of about—I must have been 17, 18 because I was on my moped. <laughs> uh, I did, I did have a moped back in the day, and I used to um, ride over to Chris Alton's house. Okay, <laughs> when he lived on the Hollycroft Estate in Hinckley, and what I would do is uh, Chris uh, travelled, or still does, travels for work to different clients' houses and stuff like that. And he's Chris is super busy. Mm. He's like one of the most organised people I've ever met. Yeah, and um, so I would. Uh, I was at college at the time, so I had some days off. I didn't have to be in every day. And, and other times I'd have like half days. Mm. When Chris was traveling to clients, I thought, you know, this guy just loves the Bible. And I want to love the Bible like he does. So I wonder if I can just go and spend some time with him. Um, and the best thing to do was for me to I'd ride over to his house on my moped, get on, get in the car with him. And he would drive to one of his clients and he would spend an hour with his client and I'd get like two hours in the car with him on the way there and Mm. we'd chat and talk and he'd tell me about the word and he'd build me up and he'd encourage me. Um, And then um, I'd entertain myself for an hour, Mm. normally reading the word (laughs) because after that two hours I'm like, oh man, I just (laughs) want to get in the word. I remember one time I went with him and he was seeing his client and it was just this nice little like posh residential area i just walked off into a field and i was just reading numbers right mm. and i was literally just reading lists of people yeah. thinking this is amazing <laughs> just cuz he'd so inspired me in the word that god was speaking to me through a list of people cuz yeah. i expected you know after getting out of the car with chris i just believed god you can speak to me from any part of the bible it doesn't mm. matter what it is and then i'd get the 2 hours back with him and then i'd go home on my moped you know yeah. nice um, that's so great. there's there's loads of people who've yeah. discipled me and yeah,
0: um, very blessed. I'm very very blessed. Yeah. yeah. So what's the um? We've got discipleship, accountability, and and what's the the link with staying the course as you you put it earlier? Yeah
1: we were talking about um this this weekend we were away at um the catalyst weekend which is was a weekend for zealots okay um for people over 18 um, what is a zealot a zealot is someone who is passionate for the things of god someone who um cares more than anything about the things of god if i was going to summarize it in a sentence okay and um we were talking about this guy called jehu right and he is a king from the old testament you'll find him um unsurprisingly in uh, two kings um and he was a leader um of god's people back then mm. and it's in two kings 10 and it's from verse 19 and um this uh it's cool, it'd be good for you to read the story of jehu but he basically was this righteous king and and if you if you don't know the history, Israel went through this stage where they had good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings, and it was just constant up and down, up and down, up and down. And um, and before Jehu, there was like a really bad king, mm. like the worst king, Ahab, and um, he just got it so wrong, so bad, mm. and it was awful. And uh, but Jehu came in and. Um, in, uh, chapter 10, he's, he's basically like wiped out Ahab. He's wiping out Ahab's family. He's, he's because they were so evil. God mm. just wanted them gone. Mm. And so in, um, in, in chapter 10 and verse 18, it says, um, says now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his worshipers and all his priests, let none be missing. For I have a great sacrifice to offer to Baal. Whoever is missing shall not, um, shall not live. But Jehu did what was cunning in order to destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu ordered sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent throughout all Israel and all the worshippers of Baal came. So that there was not one man left who did not come. And they entered the house of Baal and the house of Baal was filled with um, from one end to the other. And he said to him who was in charge of the wardrobe, bring out the vestments of all the worshippers of Baal. So he brought out the vestments to them. And Jehu went to the house of Baal with Jehonadab. The son of Rechab, and he said to the worshippers of Baal, "Search and see that there is no servant of the Lord here among you, but only the worshippers of Baal." And so they went to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. And so this is a story of um, of, of Jehu, and he's assembling all these people together. He's assembling all that were um, kind of. Um, doing wrong in the sight of the Lord. They were Mm. doing, um, what God didn't want them to do. And he's brought them all to this area. And as you read through the story, you see he, he, he demolishes this house with all these people in there and he, um, and he crushes them. And there's a, there's a, um, uh, there's a, there's a scripture, a couple of verses before, before he does all of this, where he says to one of the priests, um, uh, he, t- he takes him by the hands and he says, come and see my zeal for the Lord. And so he is saying, look, come and see what I'm willing to do for the Lord. I'm willing to do these amazing things. I'm willing to cleanse the temple. I'm willing to make sure that there's nobody um, left who is going to worship somebody who's not God. Look at how passionate I am. Mm. And and God sees this and it's, it's an amazing, God sees that and he's blessed by that. But then when you read to the end of the story, um, in 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 30, um, it says. Um, and the Lord said to Jehu, because you've done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes and you've done to the house of Ahab, according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. And he did not turn from his sins um, from the sins of Jeroboam which he um which he made israel to sin and uh, and in those days the lord began to cut off parts of israel and and it's this idea that this is a guy who's saying look at my zeal look mm. at what i'm willing to do and he's willing to go to the extent of making sure that every um worshiper of baal in the land is got rid of mm. and he's done this and and the lord is like you've done such an amazing work that you're family line will endure for four generations but then it's such a sad idea that jehu because he wasn't then careful i wonder if he just thought sort of thought oh well i've got this now Mm. i've done it and i've done really well and he just kind of let things slip and all of a sudden he's not careful to walk in the law of the lord these sins that people were doing are coming back and it's so sad that that the lord began to cut off parts of israel that like the territory was getting smaller and smaller. Mm. And the idea that he could have achieved way more than he ended up doing was just really sad to me. The mm. idea that he started off so well, but he didn't finish well, he mm. didn't finish the course. But then you look at, um, two Timothy four, seven, and you look at Paul and he's like the complete opposite. You know, he's, um, saying in four verse seven, um, for I'm all, uh, from verse six, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith and henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Mm. I think what a contrast, this guy who did a great job at the beginning, but just didn't finish well. And by the end of his life, what he was capable of wasn't fulfilled because he didn't. He wasn't careful to walk all the days of his life with the Lord. And then mm. you've got Paul, the total opposite. Like, I've finished the race. Mm. I've done it. I've done everything God asked me to do. And you know what? Because of that, there's a crown waiting for me. Mm. And um, I know which one I'd rather be. <laughs> you know. And it's amazing that he uses this phrase, right? He uses this phrase, I have fought the good fight. And then earlier on in the scriptures, he's encouraging um, Timothy. And what does he say? fight the, good, the fight, good fight finish the race mm. and he wants for timothy to end up like he did mm. and um and for me that's that the heart behind the discipleship and the accountability is for me you know paul was um timothy was paul's disciple mm. you know and he had some timothy had somebody speaking into his life saying finish the good mm. you know fi- uh, fight uh, fight the good fight, finish the race. And he, he had an example to look up to of somebody mm. who fought the good fight, who finished the race. And for me, these two things will feed into this. You know, finish well. Don't mm. What you do today is going to hugely impact tomorrow. What you, um, you know, depending on how you use your time now will depend on what you're capable of in the future. Mm. And if you can get people around you who are going to help you to grow into the person that God wants you to become, then actually, you are going to stay the course. You are going to finish the race, mm, definitely. Yeah. So,
0: um, just to, to sort of tie up a little bit, what would your what would you say to anybody that's listening who is thinking, "I want that's what I would like. Um, I want somebody that I can talk to. I want somebody to to decide for me. Somebody that I can be accountable to, and they can be accountable to me." Yeah. What would you say?
1: The biggest piece of advice I could give you is to ask someone. Mm. Um, Chris Alton has always said of me, one thing that he has looked at in my life, which is different, um, that he he doesn't see in everyone, is I've understood the value of what other people can do in helping me grow in my faith.
0: Mm.
1: And because I've always understood that, and maybe it's the fact that I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so I see what Christian parents have invested in their children and thought, I didn't have that. Mm. And so I need to get that. And so, I've always been really conscious to go and ask people, Can I spend some time with you? Can I, will you help me? And, and it doesn't always have to be as formal as, Will you disciple me? You know, <laughs> there's very few people I've ever asked that to <laughs> because, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to open myself up to every single person to the depth that I've opened myself up to like Caleb and, and mm. David because I don't think that's healthy either. Mm. But dozens of people have said, Look, could I get some time with you? You know, if I want to, if I want to prophesy more, if I want to grow in the prophetic, I'm going to go to Andrew Eagle and I have done and been mm. like hey could I just grab some lunch with you can you just I just want to hear your heart about the prophetic things of God so mm. that I can learn and grow in that area mm. but do you know what I'm I'm the person that instigates it a lot of the time now yeah people have come to me on occasion said hey could we get together could we hang out because I just want to encourage you and, and stuff but mm. the majority of the time I've gone to other people and you know with somebody for example like David he is so busy and I always make sure you know, I know I'm busy, but I know he's busier. <laughs> mm. And so I always make sure that if I feel like I haven't seen him in a little while and I, I just want to catch up with him and I want him to spur me on, I'm not sitting there like, oh, well, when's David going to contact me? You know, I've mm. he's been discipling me for years. He should know that I want to <laughs> see him. No, I just drop him a text like, hey, can we get some time together? And even if it's three weeks from now, that's fine. Mm. Even if it's four weeks from now, it doesn't matter to me. Um I know that he loves me. I know that he cares about me, and I know that um, he wants to disciple me and he wants to help me. So if it's three weeks away, that doesn't matter because that's the soonest he's able to do it, and mm. it's worth it. Mm. Um, and so I'd encourage you: make sure that you're the one asking people. You're 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 seeking after that discipleship. Um, and then make sure you're the one who continues to seek after it just because you've spent some time with them once doesn't need to be the last time Mm. Um, and don't think just because they haven't got back in touch with you that they don't want to spend time with you, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time the kind of people who you're going to look at and want to follow part of the reason you're going to want to follow them is because they're living for Jesus, and you know what? If you're living for Jesus, you're going to be busy. Mm. You're going to have a lot going on, <clears throat> and um, you can help those people out, and they can know that you're really serious about wanting to spend time with them, and that you're doing them good by the fact that, by the fact that, they, the fact that they're doing you good by, mm. by actually coming back to them and saying, "Hey, can we do that again? Because mm. that was really helpful for me, and that really blessed me." Mm. So nice. So
0: if you want to, if you have been listening, you think, "Yeah, I'd like that," then ask somebody is the yeah. easiest thing to do absolutely ask somebody and, to Yeah, you, know, you guys in the youth come and speak to us youth leaders absolutely and even if you don't even if it's not us that you think you want to spend time with we can definitely help we know a lot of people who we could say this person would be really good for you to hang out with and we can help you so definitely
1: come and ask us and you know what we will do you good <laughs> yeah. um, even if um, you know the youth leaders are a great place to start like the our youth leaders are amazing. The people we've got leading the youth are incredible, and uh, they love you guys a lot. So if you want to start and you're not sure who to spend time with, start with the youth leaders. And then if you and and also then if you're saying, you know what, I really want to grow in this side of things or this side of things, um, the youth leaders will be able to point to somebody and say, mm. hey, go and spend some time with them. Then mm. um, that's one thing that David has done for me as well over the years is he said, if you want to grow in this, go speak to that person. Mm. because he's not he knows he's not discipling me on his own he's, mm. he's working with a team of people he's working in the, the body of christ and he can point to people because he knows the body and say they will help you grow in this mm.
0: yeah definitely awesome well thank you very much mike no. for sharing with us thank you for having me the great. Uh, there's one final thing yes. we need to do so you the may remember the
1: ultimate quest with the <laughs> freshest vest yeah something, something like, like that. that i think that was it actually yeah <laughs>
0: Um, so we asked you the following three questions what is the world record for stuffing drink straws into your mouth you said uh, 514 yeah we asked you uh, the the town called Talkeetna in Alaska um, their mayor called Stubbs mm-hmm. what animal was Stubbs and in Europe and in the US May the 29th is known as what day was it A put a pillow on your fridge B don't drive your car day or C pet a beaver day and you said it was C with the first question, you said the world record was 514 straws. I said if you were within 15 straws, I would give you a point. The world record is actually
1: 459. No! Yeah. you were no! pretty, pretty close. Oh. I'm,
0: I'm just going to show Mike a picture of this guy. So this guy was, uh, he's an Indian guy. Okay. He was a student. Um, and here's a picture of him with 459 straws <laughs> in his mouth. And there's a really funny picture where he's got his arms up in victory, but has such a look of shame on his face. (laughs) He really does. As if to say, what the heck am I doing? That's
1: awesome. (laughs) I'm so gutted. I was much closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: that was close. That was close. (sighs) But unfortunately, no point. Devastating. Second one. You said Stubbs was a horse. Mm. Stubbs was a cat. Ah, oh, yeah. So Stubbs, he was Stubbs the cat was the mayor of Talkeetna for 20 years mm. I, I was trying to look into it, I couldn't work out how Stubbs first became mayor no. but it became this big tourist attraction and right. Stubbs had uh, f- up to 48 visitors per day
1: I was very curious to know I'd be really curious to know how the Christians responded to respect <laughs> yeah. <the> governing authorities <laughs> yeah. when it Probably came to it well. being a cat um, <laughs> but uh yeah, Unfortunately, no point there as okay. well.
0: Um, <laughs> in Europe and in the US, May yeah. the 29th is known as you said put a pet a Petter beaver day. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not put a correct. pillow on your fridge day. It is put oh. a pillow on your fridge day. May the 29th, you're supposed to put a pillow on top of your fridge, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's to do with getting good luck goes back a long way where yeah. people used to put cloths on top of their fridge for some reason bunch of rubbish then Changes yeah so we I don't day. I don't honor that day personally <laughs> and I don't think we should do but um.
1: but pet Beaver Day Pet Beaver Day Down I, for that. I would honor that to be fair
0: yeah such uh, cute flappy tails <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry to say Mike that was zero no out of three but you'll be glad to know uh, you're one of four people that's got zero and the other, one, company. The, the other one has got one point so right your joint second, yeah, half, half. and point. Half. Oh yes, Lauren got half. Sorry, joint third. Um, it's not too bad. I mean, but have you learned something?
1: Okay. I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me on.
0: And on a far more serious note, <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that was really encouraging. What you shared, I'm sure the youth will be will be really encouraged. And like we said, if if you have heard anything that you want to know more about or you want to ask about, it, then come and speak to us and yeah, absolutely. find feel youth leader to help. Well, thank you very much,
1: Mike. We will be. Thank you, James. There'll be another episode very soon. And um, if we if we could all just just give James a little little that's a round of applause there. She <laughs> does such a great job with these podcasts. Oh, thank Thanks you. a lot, James. Well, that's awesome.
0: It's the guests that make it good, so thank all the guests. But and on that note, I think next will be
1: Kate Russell. Awesome. So you'll have, you'll have a great time yeah. Kate. Look forward to Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Cue the podcast music.